0: And today I want us to begin to really walk through the whys for what Jesus did and what the Jewish people, the Israelites, had done for hundreds of years, even before Jesus had that last Passover meal with his disciples before his betrayal. As you know, God delivered the people starting in Exodus chapter 12. He delineated to the people, here's what I want you to do because here's what I'm going to do. But that was codified throughout the Torah, throughout the law. God said and stipulated, this is what I want you to do. But as in so many things, God did not tell them how to do it. It was to be a memorial meal, but if you know anything about teaching, you know that memories and teaching have to be made. They have to be thought through and planned through. And so God allowed the priest and the levites and down through the ages the sages and the rabbis to come up with a system that would systematically teach these great truths of passover in a way that would be consistent and confluent down through the generations because everybody needed to be taught the same thing. This is the way that God made the Hebraic mind to work. This is why meticulously in the book of Genesis From the creation of man himself and the fall and the beginning of the generations, the ten different generations that are mentioned and described in the book of Genesis made up the ten books that made up the book of Genesis. And Moses had heard that oral tradition over and over and over again to where it was implanted welded into his heart so that he could write it down in what we call the book of Genesis what the Jewish people call breshit that is the beginning of everything and so you had this oral tradition this oral narrative passed down meticulously now when we talk about passing something down meticulously in the West we think about something being told from time to time no this was a day Daily, weekly, monthly occurrence. And over and over again, these generations and who was the father of who was passed down so that they would never forget where they came from and how they got to where they were at the time of the passing on to the next generation. This is the way God does things. This is why in the book of Deuteronomy, Chapter 6, God says, this is the way that you pass down the great commands of God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with the totality of your being, your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. Now, listen to me. God doesn't stop there. He goes on to say, and you shall teach this to your children. You shall teach them when they lie down at night, when they get up of a morning, when you walk with them by the way, when you sit down to eat, when you get up from eating, when you're doing everything. Why? Because it has to be a way of life. You see, the Passover was just one of the many threads that made up the great tapestry of God's revelation, and it is part of making the memories. And so the Jews had to ask God for wisdom about how to pass down these great truths so that it would never be forgotten, and that's done through the illustration of a Passover meal, and everything had meaning, and the preparation of the meal, the doing away of the leaven, the sweeping the house to make sure there's no leaven there, all of that was instructed to help the people to get ready for Passover. Now, just a means of digression, I have said over and over again, the reason we have such sorry Sunday morning worship services is because we don't prepare, we don't get ready You see, we don't start the night before when God says the day begins. The evening and the morning were the first day. The evening and the morning were the second day, all the way through. You see, what you go to bed with is what you get up with. And the reason we are not prepared on Sunday morning to come and sing praises to God and worship God on the first day of the week to celebrate His resurrection is because we have not prepared for that. We've not gotten ourselves physically ready. We've not laid out our clothes. We've not gotten the kids ready. We've not gotten them in bed. It's a game night. It's a, a night of of everything else that's mundane and earthly and materialistic instead of getting ourselves physically, spiritually, emotionally ready to worship God. And so God said, I want you to get yourself ready for the Passover. So there was the sweeping of the entire house so that no leaven would be there. That had to be codified. That had to be put down in ritual and routine. And then the day itself and the meal itself, it had to be something that could be passed on. It had to be something that the children would remember. So the children had to be incorporated in the meal itself. They had to have a part in it. And so as we go through these studies in the coming days, you're going to learn just how God supernaturally prepared the Jews. You see, the Bible is not complete in details. It doesn't tell us everything that anyone ever did all the time. Even in the life of Jesus, the miracles that are recorded were only a fraction of the miracles that Jesus did. Many other miracles and signs did Jesus do that are not written in the Gospels or anywhere in the Word of God. We know that by Jesus' very words. He said, woe to you, Capernaum, woe to you, Bethsaida, woe to you, Chorazin. If the miracles had been done in Sodom that have been done in you, then Sodom would have repented in sackcloth and ashes. And we have many miracles that are recorded that Jesus did at Capernaum, many miracles recorded in the Gospels that Jesus did at Bethsaida, but we don't have one miracle that Jesus did that is recorded in the Bible anywhere. But yet Jesus said he did many mighty miracles there. Now, what I'm telling you is the Bible doesn't tell us everything there is to tell us about everything there is. And so many of these things, God just left it up to us, and he left it up to the Israelites, the Hebrews, the Jews, to pass this down to the generations. And so it is To this very day The very thing that Jesus did 2,000 years ago The Jews are still doing today And many of us who have learned These great truths We're trying to pass it on To a new generation Who have never heard I cannot tell you how many times That I have performed communion And led communion And helped people with communion And I've taught them the truths of Passover And what was done that night And they come out and say That's the greatest spiritual experience of my life almost immediately they will say why hasn't someone told us this before are they not teaching this in the bible colleges and the seminaries and the christian universities and the answer is no no they're not and the reason is they don't know it themselves And we've so separated ourselves from our Jewish roots and the anti-Semitism that has been in the church since its early years of the second century, truly the second century and third century, it came out in full bloom and has been in the church. It's still in the church today. And many in the West think they know more than God. That's not cutting people down. I'm telling you, that's the way all of us are if we do not put our lives and our hearts Hearts and our minds and our egos under the spotlight and the searchlight of Almighty God. And so we need to understand what was happening with the Jewish people. What was happening with those Israelites? What was happening when they came out? Well, we wouldn't know unless they passed it down. So the Seder, the Haggadah, is a an order of service, a ritual that Jesus himself did, that Jews are still doing today, that we're going to do on April the 2nd. Every one is a little different. None are the same, but it has all of the same elements. And God, in his great plan, gave the Jewish people the wisdom to write it down, to pass it on, and so it has been passed on, and we are the benefactors of that. We are the beneficiaries of that. We are the ones that are, the Jews are the ones that have been given the great oracles of God, the word of God, and we are the ones that are blessed and uh, helped in every way. And so, where did it all start? How did they figure this out? Well, as I said, it all begins in the book of Exodus. And in Exodus chapter 6, we have the place, and I'm just going to introduce this to you, where the design of the meal takes place as far as the building it around the order of service that was passed on even to today. In Exodus chapter 6, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong arm he will let my people go, and with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. What God's saying is, I'm going to deal with Pharaoh so that he's going to want you out of the land. You're not going to have to ask anymore. He's going to say, Get out of here and take everything with you. And that's." That's exactly what happened later in the book of Exodus. And God spoke to Moses and said unto him, Exodus chapter 6 and verse 2, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob as God Almighty as El Shaddai. But by my name, the Lord, I was not known unto them. And that's the personal name of God. It's the tetragrammaton, YHVH, YHWH. There were no vowels, so we've lost the pronunciation. And that's why the Jews say Hashem, the name, or Adonai, the word for Lord. I have also established my covenant with them, that is, those fathers, to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage, the land where they sojourned, in which they were strangers. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel from the Egyptians who have kept them in bondage. They have now gotten to the point to groaning to where I have heard them. And he said, I have remembered my covenant. When they brought it up to me, it wasn't that God had forgotten about it. God had some kind of cosmic amnesia. No, he just said they got to the point to where they were ready to remember my covenant. They brought it up to me, and that's all that I was waiting on. Therefore say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. And here in verse six and verse seven, There are four I wills that God says. Now, the reason this is important, when God says, I will do something, it's not conditional on anyone else. God says to Moses, I'm going to do this. I will do this. So these four I wills are very important. Down through the ages, the Jews have continued to do this. They have set up the entire order of service and ritual around the four I wills, which are pictured and illustrated with four cups. Four cups that would be taken during the time of the Passover. And those four cups would represent these four different I wills of God Almighty. Therefore, say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And there's a ritual that goes with that. I will rescue you from their bondage. There's a ritual in the Passover that goes with that. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. And there is a ritual that goes with that. I will take you as my people and I will be your God. God says, I'm going to set you apart and I'm going to make a distinction between you And I will bring you out. You will no longer be under the burden of the Egyptians. I'm going to set you apart and they will see and you will see that you belong to me. And so that cup is called the cup of setting apart, the cup of sanctification. I will rescue you. How did he do that? With a strong and mighty arm, with great judgments and plagues. And so that is called the cup of judgment. That's the second cup. And he said, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm with these great judgments. And so there is the cup of redemption, and it has ritual that goes with it. I will take you as my people, and I will be your God. And that is the cup of praise. It is the cup of praise when God will fulfill his promises and bring the people into the land of promise. All of this. Is in the rituals of the cups. Now, I never knew there were more than. One cup, I never knew there was more than one cup on the table. I never knew that they took four cups of wine when they did the Passover. I didn't know that there were rituals associated with every time they drank this wine during these four seasons of this Haggadah. I didn't know that. No, I was taught about transubstantiation and consubstantiation and all the things of the Roman Catholic and Byzantine Church that has nothing to do, honestly nothing to do, with the reality of what was happening the night that Jesus was betrayed. Because Jesus was taking a Passover meal, which was a symbolic representation, a symbolic illustration of the narrative of God's redemptive history. And when we teach it like that, it comes alive. Oh, I want you to experience it with everything that's within you. If you have not made your reservations already for that Passover Seder on April April the 2nd in Kingsport. Would you go to my website right now, TonyCrisp.org, TonyCrisp.org, and register for that Passover. We want you to be a part of that. We're going to film it, yes, but there's nothing like being there. If you can come, please do. And I pray that God blesses you this very day as you walk on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp.